Let's pray. Praise the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we say thank you. We bless your name. We say thank you for a time like this. We thank you for the opportunity to hear from you. Lord, I pray that these words will go out and will be your own words. They will not be my words, Father. It will be your word and it will go out and it will achieve everything you have destiny to achieve in our lives. Lord, I pray that anyone that has come here with questions, that Lord will meet answers in this message. Someone that has come down with a lowly heart, Father Lord, will be uplifted. I pray anybody that came will go out differently, Father Lord. Will go out blessed because they have met you and they have heard from you. Even as I speak, Father Lord, as I use me for your own glory. Thank you, Father Lord. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Please have your seats. In those days before COVID, I would have said shake one or two people, but uh, that is out the window now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good. Um, for today, God has just laid something on me to share with you. Okay. We have three cardinal virtues in our Christian walk. Three cardinal virtues in our Christian walk. And it's taken from 1 Corinthians 13.3. 1 Corinthians 13.3. And it says, And now abide faith, hope, love. And these three. But the greatest of this is love. Am I correct? Faith, hope, and love. We know a lot about love. We have a whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 13 about it. We always talk about faith. But we rarely talk about hope. So my message today is simply hope. Hope. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Hope. And uh, sorry, my, I, I have to apologize. I don't have slides for today. So you might have to follow my voice and just jot down what you have. What you can get. Hebrews 11, 1 to 2. Now, faith is the substance. Okay? The NIV says confidence. But here the New King James says substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. For by it elders obtain a good testimony. Now, what am I trying to say here? Faith and hope are complementary. You cannot have faith without having hope. You cannot have hope without having faith. Okay? And I'll give an illustration for us to be able to understand this concept of faith and hope. Because I want to separate both of them. Imagine you have a family, and the father says, summer, we're going for holiday. Maybe going to India, going to Kenya, whatever it is, but the father says, we're going for holiday during summer. And the kid's there. Okay? One thing about the children, they believe summer we're going. Am I correct? Because the father has spoken. That is faith in action. It's based on the words the father has said, isn't it? But then you see them going out very happy. They might go back to school or going on a holiday. And sometimes if you have some young ones, they start counting days. Am I correct? To when the holiday goes. That is hope in action. Okay? So you can see the two things. And I'm just trying to just break it down for us to be able to see. Hope defines the goal. Okay? And faith is like the vehicle, the steps. And hope draws from faith. The hope the kids had is from the faith that the father, what the father said will happen, will be there. Okay? So you can see 
the two relationships that have there that they have between both of them. And that hope gives us a joy. And you can see that child walking in that hope day by day until the time for the holiday comes in. Now, what does the definition of hope? What does it say about hope in the secular de definition? And it says to desire with anticipation, okay? To desire with anticipation. To want something to happen to be true. To desire with expectation of obtainment or fulfillment. To expect with confidence. So you're expecting something with confidence. I can remember when we were in high school, we were in boarding school, and we had two chaps. I think they're all grown up now. They have their families. And uh, when you're in boarding school and you're on the bottom of the ladder, the first inside school, it can be very, very horrible. I'm not too sure how many of us have been to boarding school. I know the young kids now have not been to boarding school. And uh, we used to have uh, a playtime in the afternoon before dinner. These two kids would go and sit by the, by the wall next to the school gates, the entrance of the school gates. And they'll sit down holding each other. Is your mom coming? And you say, I don't know. And they'll start crying. And the other one will ask, is your mom coming? And they'll cry out for that one hour. But they're hoping that their parents will come. But of course, the parents will not come. Because they have dropped them there for a reason. They might come on visiting days or whatever it is. But they had one kind of hope that every time they go towards that gate, a parent will come. Now, that is the worldly hope, okay, that we have. But I'm going back to a biblical, spiritual hope that we have. Now, there's two things that we'll try to find out here. Because people cannot see what we're hoping for, they tend to disregard it. Okay? So there are two worldly views of hope. Sometimes if you tell somebody you're hoping, they'll look at you like you're hopeless. If you know what I'm saying. There's nothing can come out of it because what are you hoping on? What is it? What's the basis of your hope? So in typical fashion, the world has changed the name of hope to something else that sounds more fashionable to the world. Which is optimism. How can you be optimistic? Okay? You're trying to be optimistic. That's the word that they have used for the worldly hope that they have. That they're thinking the best of everything. And you hear some people say, I'm optimistic. I'm an optimistic person. But what is the basis of his optimism? He will not be able to tell you. Okay? And sometimes that can be very, very foolish. Some will say, I'm always optimistic optimistic about the future. I'm always hoping for the future, but you'll never put the word hope because they look at the hope as Christians because we have our hope is based on something. Okay? Now, what is the biblical hope that we're talking about? Hebrews 6, 16. Hebrews 6, 16. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Now, the difference between someone that's optimistic and someone that has hope is our hope is based on God. All right? Our hope is based on an individual. If you go through the New Testament 85 times, it talks about hope. And our hope is grounded in our knowledge of the character of God. Our hope is grounded in the knowledge of the character of God. 
God's promises. Who can be sure and set and certain constants in our life? It's a constant. The same way I gave an analogy, a father spoke was based on that word. Our hope is based on God. Now, I'm going to read from Romans 5, verse 1 to 5. Okay? Just for us to be able to have a clear understanding. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance and perseverance character and character produces what? Hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because it's based on God, it does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Okay? So hope is based on God. Okay? It won't disappoint. It's two, it's not a fleeting feeling. It's not something that I feel good. It's not that. Because even in the worst scenarios, in the worst conditions, you will have hope. You're not feeling good, but you have hope. Has anyone been there before? You're down at the valley. But you hope you're getting to the top. So it's not based on any feeling. Now, what am I saying? Number three for us. Biblical, based on biblical hope. You have to work on your hope. <laughs> Alright? Now you're going to ask me, how am I going to work on my hope? Let's look at Romans 8, 24-25. And we were saved in this hope. But hope that is not seen is not hope. Okay? Hope that is not seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? So if I base it on what I see, then that cannot be hope. But for what I cannot see, then that is what hope is based on. And he goes on and says, For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await for it with perseverance. So if I can see something, what am I hoping? Hope is based on what we cannot see. So that's something that you have to work on it consciously, day in, day out. My hope is not going to give way. Because this is what God has said. This is what I'm holding on to. Alright? But if you can see it, there's no hope. It's evidence. It's something that you can see, you can touch. And I'll come back to tell you, without hope, godly living is impossible. Without hope, godly living is possible. Because you always live in denial. You always live in doubt. Now, reasons why we lose hope. We have looked at biblical hope. Now, reasons why we, look, why we, why we lose hope. Pressures of life. That's number one. Number one. And I can give various examples. You have a marriage that you're always fighting. You feel you have lost hope. The way out is divorce. Uh, am I correct? You have already thrown it out. 
But if you have a troubled marriage and you know that it will be better based on what God says, based on your vows, you're holding on to hope. You have a wayward child. Child's not listening to you as parents. He's off on his tangent. Where's your hope? I will disown him. I'm off. He's off. You have given up. But we know that when the prodigal son was afar, the father was already looking out. And what did they say the father did? The father ran out. Okay? The child didn't even have to reach there. The father ran out. And for me, in, in, if you read that story, that means the father was constantly waiting and hoping for him to come back. If the father could do that, why would you give up on your own child? Are we together? You go to the hospital. They give you a report. I take you, okay, this is what they have said, and I'll just read. Oh, they've given me one month to live. They've given me two months to live. That is it. Oh, I have to live with this condition for the rest of my life. And you take, take it and you continue running with it. But the hope inside you will make you work, will make you fight and say, no, this is going to improve. So that's what I say. That's the pressure of life. And the pressure of life is not meant for us to give way or to give up. There's a story they gave of, uh, does anybody know cod? Cod is a type of fish. Okay? And you have catfish, but I'm sure most of us know catfish. Yeah? Does anybody know catfish? And cod. Okay, the cod is usually found in the North Atlantic and the, and the Pacific. And when they go out to fish, when they get this fish, they can put it on frozen ice. Alright? And when it's on frozen ice, by the time it comes, it has lost its, its taste. Because it's already frozen. I'm sure some of us women, we want to go early in the morning to, uh, what, uh, my wife's not much, isn't it? The fish market to get fresh fish. Or else, also you can catch the fish and put it in water. But by the time you come to land, it becomes all mushy. Now the story is this. The catfish and the cod don't get along. But most people are already fishing for cod. So they'll take one or two catfish and put it with the cod. Are we together? Now, those cods are under pressure because these catfish are very aggressive. So they're always running around, keeping active. So by the time they get to shore, they move out their cord and they get fresh fish. Okay? So what am I saying? Sometimes we get into pressures of life, but we do not think that is for our own good and we give up. What I'm trying to say is that's the hope we're talking about. That whatever we find ourselves in is for our own good. Praise the Lord. Are we together? You have to continue. There was a story of a writer, James Christie. who was a novelist. He wrote 564 books. 564. And he had rejection slips from 774 before the first one was published. <laughs> 774 rejection slips before one was published. But he continued going. Continued having a hope. Now that is somebody in the secular. You that you have Christ in you. You know you have your destination fixed. You go to school. You try once, you try twice, you try three times. You don't give up. Hope is there. That something better is in store for you. Kids in high school, are you there? Or university? Challenges here and there. 
but he continued striving. If I tell you my story, in university, I played. My first year, I had nine carryovers, nine failures. I can tell you that. I'm proud to tell you that because I thank God, God, God has <laughs> rescued me. Praise the Lord. But after that, I continued until I came out to what I needed to, to do. Now, I'll go on. That was the first one, Precious of Light. The second one, I'm going to go quickly into it. I think I don't want my time to fail me. And I'm going to pick this from Larry Osborne. He's a, he's a, he's a preacher. He mentioned it. One of the reasons why we lose hope is spiritual myopia. Okay? Myopia, amnesia. Myopia and amnesia. Myopia is you're only myopic. You concentrate on one thing. Amnesia is that you forget. Am I, I'm just doing a layman's definition. I'm sure if I ask Pastor Leslie, he can expound it to me medically. But I'm just giving a layman's uh, definition. Amnesia is just you're forgetting. Okay? Now, if you go to Exodus 14, 5 to 4. Okay? 5 to 14. I'll just read from verse 10. I'm on, I'll just read there. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that, would, that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone? that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we die in the wilderness. Pharaoh coming down, very, very popular story. Pharaoh coming down and the Red Sea. They're stuck in the middle. All they could see was the problem. All they could see was just the problem. That is what I can see. Now, in our Christian work, all we can see is the problem. Most often than not, it's all that we see the problem. Yesterday I was in the office. Someone came to me and was saying, oh, this is the problem, this is the problem, this is the problem. And they kept on gave a list of the problems. And it was going on, and I just stopped. I understand the problem. What is the solution? And when I stopped the person, I said, what is the solution? That's when the person started thinking what the solution is. Now, most of the times, us as Christians, we all were like the children of Israel. We're only looking at the Red Sea. We're looking almost 100% times at the problems. We're not looking at the promises of God. We're not looking at the solution. And that's how we lose hope. Okay? And we know the story. How Moses told them to stand still and see the wonder of God. Okay? If there's nothing very important, never look at the problem. Our hope is based on God, so you have to look at God. We cannot look at the problem. Right now, there are so many problems that people are facing in life. With the coming of COVID, schooling, jobs, everything. The problem is there. But we cannot rely on that problem. Otherwise, we will lose our hope. 
The second, second point that was explained was in spiritual amnesia, spiritual forgetfulness. And I will go to Exodus 25, 12, 35 to 36. Same Exodus 12. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. And they had asked him from the Egyptians articles of and they have asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. This they plundered the Egyptians. Who? Oh, I want you to understand this the concept of this. These guys were living as slaves. And they were living, they were leaving Egypt. And this, the word said they plundered the Egyptians. So they took everything. Was it their own doing? It was God's doing. God has just delivered them. God has just rescued them. Now, let's, Im let's imagine you were, God asks you as Christians, okay, you're leaving Oman. Ask any of your Omani friends for everything you want. And you go and they ask and they give it to you. I know a lot of you will go to Bawan, uh, Zawawi, uh, and different places. And say, please give me your wealth. And they gave you everything. Just like that. And you stood up and you left. God intervened. God had done a miracle. He had done a miracle in their lives after all these plagues. Now, I don't know the distance between Goshen and, uh, I think they were in Goshen, between that and the Red Sea. But they forgot. They forgot. If God can help you plunder the Egyptians, is the rest too big for him to cross? And that's what I call spiritual amnesia. You forget what God has done for you. And it makes you lose your hope. Okay? So I've gotten those three points. Pressures of life, spiritual myopia, and spiritual amnesia. That was the reason why people lose hope. Now, reasons for us to hope. Then someone asks me, why do I need to hope? As Christians, we all need something to talk about, number one. I need to hope because I need, there's some things I need to talk about and some things I need to hope. You can hope that you will have a good marriage. You hope that, yes, as God says, you shall be fruitful and multiply, my children will come. You can hope that, oh, as long as I live, my children shall be a blessing to this generation so they will grow and they will become something else. You need something to talk about. We're living in this world, we should be able to share our goals and targets within Christ. Isn't it? You have aspirations. If there were no aspirations, God would now have put that into us. Before COVID, people would talk about their holidays, as I told you. I'm going back to see my cousins, I'm going back to see my family. Those are okay. Nowadays, we have a lot of people that are moving towards retirement. And they're looking forward to their retirement. And they talk about it. Is it wrong? It's absolutely okay. So as Christians, we need something to talk about. Even as Christians, we need to talk about our Christian walk. Don't forget when Jesus was leaving. In John 14, 1-3. Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so... I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. People talk about their plans. Jesus told them where he was going to. Apostle Peter, Apostle Paul also. Philippians 1.23 For I am hard-pressed between the two 
Having a desire to depart to be with Christ, which is far better. Apostle Paul wanted to go to heaven. Jesus was talking about going to heaven to prepare a mansion for you. And one thing I love is even the new, even the apostles of the Old, Old Testament, they're always talking about their plans. Oh, I'll come and see you. I'll pass through Spain or I'll come through there to write a letter of their plans. Hope. We're talking about Christmas carol, Christmas outreach. We're hoping that it will be a glorious day. We're praying towards it. People are putting preparations into it. I think the NG4C went to shoot early this morning and uh, they're in church and so. They're planning towards it. They're hoping towards it. So this, we need something to, to work to. And then we also need, number two, we need to have work to do. We have to have work. If someone's expectant, if a mother is expectant, oh, I need to buy baby this, I need to buy baby that, and everything. Am I correct? If someone's hoping to go to school, university, you have to start applying, isn't it? You have to start making your grades. I need to do SAT, I need to do GMAT, I need to do TOEFL, whatnot. Exams, isn't it? You're planning. Hope for eternal life is another aspect. It motivates us to serve the Lord when we have a heavenly picture. I'll read 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, greet up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 John 3.2-3. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who is, has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Our year of holiness. We're living a holy life. We're living a, a, life, a, a life of purity because we hope that at any point in time, the rapture will come and we'll be found ourselves in heaven. That's a hope, isn't it? That's a hope that we're living in this season that we find ourselves in. It motivates us to live a holy life. Because if we, if we can't any, have any hope of the life after, then why am I living a holy life? Why am I living a righteous life? I might as well just continue conforming to the worldly trends. But because we have a greater hope of the end, it gives us ability to be able to hold on to something. Hold on to what Christ has said. It also gives us opportunity to be able to deal with our problems. I can't guarantee you we won't have problems in life. Problems will be. Until Jesus comes, we'll have issues and problems. Romans 5, 3 to 5 that I read earlier on. It says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which was given to us. All the apostles of old knew of this. That life will come with its own issues. Okay? But we have a hope for greater glory. Praise the Lord. So it's normal to hope. And now I'm not trying to say we should be optimistic. Don't get me wrong. Because don't forget what I said in the beginning. 
our hope is based on God. Whatever we say is based on God. What has God said concerning your, your condition? What has God said concerning the season in life that you're in? What has God said concerning that? That should be our main focus. Now, just before we finish, remedy for hopelessness. What is the remedy? What is the remedy? When you're feeling down, you're feeling out, depend on God's presence. <laughs> depend on God's presence. God is with us. God is Emmanuel. He's around you. You're feeling down? Pick sounds. Start praising God. Put your music on. Let what speak to you. God is there. God succumbs us. If we do not do, I mean, <sighs> my pastor in Aberdeen was, uh, I think he has been here once. If you take any problem to him, no matter how you're, you're panicking, this is what happened. Oh, this is what the doctor is. This person is going to surgery. I mean, panic. The only thing he'll say, he'll, after listening to you, say, let's pray. <laughs> In a very, very calm voice. Let's pray. And the time I asked him, I said, how did you get here? He said, I didn't get here one day. I had to know that the presence of God in every situation. So the first thing is, whatever situation we are, we have to acknowledge God's presence. It might be chaotic, but God is there. He's there with us. Number two, God's provision. Depend on God's presence, one. Depend on God's provision. When I look at our lives, just roll back. Each one of us, roll back. Look about where you're coming from and where you are today. You have had luck. You have had once. Am I correct? Please, raise up your hand. Just wave to me if you have had luck there at once. Raise up. I have had it. But God has provided. And I'm still standing. So will God not provide tomorrow? That's the hope. I've been in places when I was growing up. My mother would bring out her salary and say, four ways. Elder brother take, you take. Younger sister take, and I take. That's how we're living. Paycheck to paycheck. But we're here standing today. And a lot of us here are standing with surplus. Am I correct? If you don't even have surplus, there's a time you have surplus anyways. But I know you also, you will have surplus. If you don't have. That's God's provision. Number three, depend on God's power. Oh. <laughs> depend on God's power. Okay? And I will also pick a phrase for a man of God. He says, God is in absolute control. Even of those who are in control. You go to a doctor, God is in control of that doctor. Like you think that the doctor is in control of your medical diagnosis, but God is in control of that person. The Lord says, I'm not going to give visa to so 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 people. God is in control of those people that grant visa. Brother Matthew, he's still getting his visa constantly. I don't know how he does it. But because God is in control of those people that issue the visa. 
Regardless of what the land says, but God is in control of those people. Now, if you understand the power of God that is in absolute control, your hope will not go down. Am I speaking to someone? So God's power. I'll read a, a, a verse also. And it, it, will, it will take you how people can take a risk or do whatever they need to do. Second Kings 7.4 We will enter the city. The famine is in the city. And we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall all only die. That was the crippled beggars, if you know the story in the Old Testament. They said, let's go. Whatever happens, let's go. They gave themselves up. Either way, we're doomed, isn't it? But either way, you're not doomed. You have a God out there. So why don't you have the confidence to hope and to do what you need to do? Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to continue living. Regardless of the pandemic, regardless of what is happening, there's a brighter tomorrow. And if the Lord tarries, there's a better tomorrow in heaven. Am I, am I speaking to someone? So I don't want us to cow our heads in. Youth, whatever plans you have had for your life, I want you to understand this. Whatever plans you have had pre-COVID, take them up, run with them. Have hope. Adults, the same thing. Whatever plans you had for your family, run with it. Whatever God has given you concerning your family, run with it. Don't be cowed. Have hope. Take all the risk within Christ. Okay, I'm not trying to say take it worldly. Within Christ. Put your plans to God and say, God, this is what I want to do. Even ministry, put your plans. Don't allow anything to stop. If you want to produce an album, produce an album. What stops you? You want to go for a missionary drive? Go! Do your PCI test at the airport and fly and go. If you want to go to witness, go and witness. Those are the remedy for hopelessness. Depend on God's presence. Depend on God's provisions. Depend on God's power. And two other points are also added onto that also. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. That's why I love testimonies. I love testimonies. I mean, I can see everybody sitting here. And I can pick up a testimony from everybody. I keep them in my head. I register them. Because I know if God can do it for my brother here, he will do it for me. If God has done it in this case, he can also do it in this case. Because God has been faithful. We forget that. We have amnesia. We forget that God has been faithful. Everybody has had a testimony. Business gone down, now I'm on top. I've lost job, I've gotten a better job. I was sick, I was healed. I had an accident, I'm better. Everybody. If you, not, if you have not had a testimony in the past years, please raise up your hand and I'll pray for you. Either to be truthful or for God to actually do it. But I'm sure everybody has something to say God has been faithful. And once you look at that, your hope will increase. Lastly, depend on the truth, the indestructible truth of the word of God. 
Isn't it? What does the word say? Pertaining my situation. You follow through it. Okay? Those are the remedies. Very easy. Simple. Presence of God. Depend on it. Depend on God's provision. Depend on God's power. Remember his faithfulness in the past. And depend on the indestructible truth. Now, my time has been taken up. I think I've reached the end. But one thing is, as you step out here, my prayer, that you step out with hope. Hope that tomorrow will be better than today. Hope that one day we'll all be in heaven together. Praise the Lord. God bless you.